You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Will Not Attend. Is this one of those books where I have to say the full title? Do I have to say Will Not Attend, Lively Stories of Detachment and Isolation? Uh, You could say it one time in the beginning, and then you never have to say it again as far as I'm concerned. Will Not Attend. When did you come up with the idea of writing a book? I've been thinking about it for a while, but was just, uh, I don't know, I got busy with other things. But, you know, it it just got to a point where, you know, I was writing things like uh, television or or feature stuff and – I had some things that didn't come out so good, and I, I, it was starting to bug me. Like, you know, I'm a writer, but basically all I am is a writer, and my writing is not out there. It's and you know, it got turned into other things, and people aren't really aware of it. And I, you know, it was bugging me. So that gave me the idea to, like, you know, I just wanted to write something, and that's that's what the book grew out of. It's always strange talking to people that write for television, films, any other kind of media, where it's like you can look at somebody's CV online and be like, what have you done? You've done like three things in your entire career. You know, right. like these big gaps in between. What is that like? That's got to be kind of weird to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly doing stuff, but either they're not being picked up. Yeah, that's what it is mostly. It's, it's, well, actually it's a combination. It's either not doing stuff because I'm in a debilitating depression over, you know, some, some project I had that my name was on that came out, you know, not the way I expected. And then, you have to go to this thing, all right, well, what do I write next, you know? And then at the same time, you have to pay your bills. So you got to make some money. But if you want to write something that you feel really good about or something you're passionate about, at least in my case, and that ain't going to pay me much money. So then I have to spend time maybe working on something that isn't exactly the bullseye of what I want to do, but I have to do that project. And you know, it becomes a time thing. And then for me, you know, I'm just not a multitasker. I can only do one thing at a time. So there was just this moment where I was just sort of like fed up with uh, wasting my writing, essentially, on like uh, screenplays and, and TV shows that uh, don't come to fruition. And uh, I was really motivated to write this book. I, I should have done it a lot sooner. But, uh, you know, I'll talk myself out of uh, something a million ways. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I really enjoyed the book. It was a great read. And it uh, was enlightening, depressing, and made me laugh quite a few times. See, that's great. I love it. I love the depressing and the laughing. That's to me. I, 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 if, that, if that's the case, and I feel like I did my job. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like you kind of slip the knife in, but you kind of do it under the funny bone a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I, and I'm not out to make anything depressing, really. It's just this is the way I think. This is the – it's mine. um these are my stories. It's, it's it's just about how all the you know different things affected me and uh, why I am the way I am. And I don't really have I don't make a lot of excuses for myself. I got to a point where like look, I got to do something to you know to satisfy myself. And and uh, and you know I started talking to a book agent who was at my agency, and uh, it just all started falling into place. This is this is what you know what I wanted to do do next. And and it was also and just the feeling. It was such a great feeling just to write and know that what I was writing was not, it wouldn't have to be turned into another product. It would just stay my writing. And there's nothing more pure than that. It's, yeah, it was something I just, I should have, like I said, I should have done it a long time ago. You jump back and forth in time quite a bit in your book. You've got stories that seem, I don't know, relatively recent, like mm-hmm. the, the Disneyland story. Yeah, that was probably like about 10 years ago, but yeah. Uh-huh. And then you go way back in time to, you know, when you're a little kid and then into, you know, a little bit of uh, adolescence, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but you kind of leave out some of the middle stuff. I don't know. Uh, comparisons to Jesus might be appropriate at this point. But where <laughs> did you make that turn? Because there are so many times in your stories, and I don't know. I guess I should ask first off, like, how true to life are these? How fictionalized are these tales? All all these stories happened. You know, there are times because you know I was dealing with family members and things like that. I changed names, and there were certain things where I might have to. Uh, shorten a timeline of the way something happened just for the economy of the writing. But I mean, you know, yeah, all that stuff happened. There were many times where you're putting yourself down quite a lot, which is an easy thing to do. I know I tend to do that quite a bit as well. You kind of go from being a younger man where you don't seem to necessarily have very many passions except for like trying to get laid and listening to older records. How did you go from that into the writing and everything, and had you written short stories before, or did you kind of immediately go into, like, the script writing world? I really hated, you know, being in school starting from kindergarten. I, I had an authority problem right away. I didn't really like teachers. And, and, you know, adults, when I was growing up in that, you know, part of Pennsylvania and stuff, they were, uh, you know, they were hard asses. They held all the cards, and I was aware of that from a really young age, and I hated that. And I was too, uh, I wasn't courageous enough to rebel, so instead I've just, I just receded. <laughs> I don't recall thinking about anything but getting out of school, getting my freedom, getting my driver's license when I was 16, and then finally, you know, being free when I was 18. Was free somewhat because I'd still have to live at home because I didn't have enough money to move out. And then I just started to be in my t- – ever since I was young, I was really into, you know, movies, old movies and things, and it, that continued throughout most of my life. And it peaked, you know, by the time I was in my late teens, uh, and I uh, – uh, well, I didn't peak then, but I mean, it was, it was getting to the point that, you know, I was starting to think about something I wanted to do. And uh, that's when I got the idea of maybe, like, directing movies or, you know, making movies or something like that. And uh, so then I I wanted to go to NYU film school, but my grades from high school were, t- were too awful to get into NYU. So I had to go to a community college for a couple of years and uh, do, to get some good grades. So they would transfer to NYU, and NYU, you know, accepted them, which was good. But I didn't, um, yeah, so I went to NYU, you know, I, I didn't, I never thought in terms of being a writer ever when I was younger. I didn't ever thought about, you know, comedy was never a, a big thing with me at all. I wasn't a comedy geek. I didn't listen to comedy albums. I didn't, um, it was just another genre. If it was a good comedy, I appreciated it, but I, it wasn't like that was my thing. I liked, you know, in fact, I like serious movies a lot more, um, but Letterman had a big effect on me. I remember when I was in college, and I was disillusioned with film school almost right away. I called the show cold. This is the early days of Letterman, you know, the NBC days. And I called them and just to see if they had any internships available. And it turned out, you know, I was lucky because they had just lost their writer's intern or something, and they uh, needed somebody. So you know, I went up, and I met Steve O'Donnell, the head writer, and, and uh, they liked me. And, you know, and that's why I got my foot at the, in the door there, and, eventually, and I... Eventually, was hired as a writer, but it was—it wasn't so much that I wanted to write for television or anything. I just wanted to I specifically. I wanted to write for that show. I was really—it um, meant a lot to me. And Dave, you know, I connected with him and his personality, you know, uh, just as a fan of the show. And it felt to me like the only place that would be could possibly be some sort of a home for me. And I was—I was lucky, you know. I ended up getting in there, and I. Um, 
they liked me and I, you know, uh, they saw something in me and I became, you know, and, and eventually I was hired as a writer. But it was never that way. I came a short way. I'm saying that was never the plan. I never had a long-term plan. When I was, the day I got out of high school, I never, I didn't know what I was going to do. And in the book I talk about, you know, that I, uh, I tried to sell insurance, life insurance for a little while because that's what my my father did and a couple of my older brothers did. And uh, it was miserable. It was awful. And it, I think it was around that time probably. Uh, this is the longest answer in the world. <laughs> but I, uh, when I was selling insurance, I think was the when I realized, you know, what are you going to do? You're just going to stay in Harrisburg forever? You know, what is your passion? What do you want to do? And that's, I think, at least got me to want to go to film school and I think in film school, I started to realize I'm more of a writer than anything, and that, that was the beginning. But never at any point during my childhood or teenage years, really, did I, I, I just never thought about doing anything. It was just, I just want to be free. I want to get out of school, but I want to take it easy for about a, another decade, and then I'll try to think of something to do. The insurance story is probably one of my favorite tales, just because I love a good work story, and to hear about those guys in that kind of twilight of that industry, you know, as it was back then, the whole cold calling and all that yeah. was just amazing. Before, you know, this was like, you know, right, you know, sort of pre-internet and stuff. And, uh, it was, it felt, it was very old school. It was like, and, and, uh, they were, I mean, I was miserable, but you know, then once I was, I, I didn't last more than, you know, a few months. Um, it was, you know, I look back and they're great stories and those people were great characters. So I enjoyed writing about that. As you're kind of looking back through your younger days and even just, you said the Disney story isn't that long ago. What kind of stood out? What, what did you decide? How did you decide, you know, this is going to make a good story for, for me to write? You know, I didn't do a lot of mapping out like that. I, I, it all came pretty natural and, and there was no, um, I, I, I didn't strategize much. I just wrote what felt right to me. And I would every now and then think of a story and scribble it down and go, Oh, that, that, that seems ripe. That there seems like that seems fertile ground, you know, the Disney story or when I sold insurance or, uh, when I threw out my daughter's piano and I didn't, I knew I didn't, I wanted the book to be a comfortable length because a lot of these collections, essay collections, I've seen some, I think the writer hangs himself by overwriting, putting too much in there, you know, too many selections. I wanted to, I was thinking of like a, you know, a, a good, album a cd or something that's the the songs are sequenced perfectly that's what i in the back of my mind was going for and, and that didn't overstay its welcome and then i just there was you know like when i started writing the book you know i just sell i had to pitch it and sort of uh write up a um a proposal you know which uh, penguin bought and but it was uh you know i still didn't know what the whole book was yet and i kind of uh thought of chapters as I went along. Sometimes I'd have three or four lined up in a row that I knew I wanted to do. And it just, yeah, there was no, I knew I didn't want, the, I, I didn't want it to be linear. I wanted it to be sequenced in some way. And that, um, I thought that was going to be really hard when I was done to try to figure out the sequence of the stories. Cause you don't want ones that are, if there's one that it might seem might echo another one, you don't want those two close together. And I got to say, I, you know, I put them up on cards, the chapters and, I think I only rearranged it one or two times, and it, it turned out to be the sequence that's in the book, and it's the sequence that I like. But, um, it, yeah, it wasn't like this really mapped out, you know, from the start, you know, and then I go write it. It was, uh, it just flowed along. It just flowed along as I was trying to think of another story, write that one, and, and, uh, and, uh, and it went on like that. You're telling me that it was a really quick and easy process then? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> not at all. It was. I will say it. 
I never hit a point that I was didn't know what to write. I always had plenty to write, and there were you know a few stories that I was thinking of also writing that I left out, but because uh, I liked the length that it that it, that it was. And uh, but no, the, the, it was you know I'm kind of a I'm a big rewriter. I'm not a super fast writer, so. I try to make my first drafts pretty good, and then I then I'll go over those, you know, a few more times. And still, if I pick up the book and look at it, I'm I'm I'll always see something I'm not happy with. So I was like, if I only had, well, I had three more months, which that's three more months, you know, before my deadline, I could have made it better. So when you're doing that whole book proposal, I've written a couple of those before, and there's that one section where it's like, this book will be kind of like these other books. Did you have that section, and if so, what was in that for you? I'm trying to think. I remember my agent uh, helped me do that. The proposal was like a sales pitch, so it's really – I hated the tone that I had to write that in because I tried to get them excited. And, you know, I leaned heavily on the like the idea that I was uh, didn't like to do things and go to parties and stuff. So they, I think they saw that as a, a, a funny hook, even though the book is really – that's just a, it's sort of a part – one of the many themes or aspects of my personality uh, – my antisocial personality, but it was, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you have to try to hook them with the, with the overall thing of what the book is or just what it's about. And then, uh, you have to give them a couple of sample chapters. And I think that was helpful to sample chapters because it weeded out any publisher that might've not wanted it. And the ones that really did get it and, and, and were interested in it. But, um, the proposal, it's interesting to say that because I haven't thought about it in a long time, but uh, that took me a while. That wasn't, that wasn't easy to do because I had to write, actually, I think I wrote three chapters for, for the proposal and then there's all the other stuff you have to do. And oh, and you're saying, who did I compare myself to? Um, I can't remember my, um, my, uh, book agent suggested some things. I, I can't remember now. It's like, who are some, maybe, you know, like, like David Sedaris and a little Larry David, which, you know, it's really, it's not like either, it doesn't, you know, it's not like David Sedaris's voice or Larry David's really, but you just have to tell the, you have to have the publisher get some kind of sense of, you know, uh, who's going to read this book. People seem to like the book, but I don't know who, you know, what the people that buy the book and like it, I don't know what they're fans of or if they're just, you know, sort of relating to the book on its own, you know, I don't know. You mentioned that you weren't a fan of authority figures, but I like even when you were growing up, you didn't seem to be a fan of the other kids either. No, that's a big thing. No, I wasn't, especially boys. I didn't really like, you know, it just, it's just I, I didn't identify with all that uh, aggressive, you know, the first day of kindergarten when my mom dropped me off and, and you know, I only had a couple of little friends in my neighborhood and, and things like that. There's just now suddenly um, all these boys playing with trucks and planes and G.I. Joes, and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> I just wanted to get the hell out of there. Uh, but kids in general, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't like the social. I, didn't, I just wasn't like that. You know, then going into junior high and high school, I had no school spirit. It was like when the bell rang at the end of the day, it was time to get the hell out. There was nothing that I wanted to hang out for, and uh, I didn't go to the football games or anything like that. To me, that was like, well, why? That's like volunteering to go back into jail for an extra few hours, you know, so. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much, you know, what I was like the whole way through. And even to this day, I don't, I don't like to socialize that much. So how's the book being received? So far, you know, really well. I mean, I'm, I'm, it seems to be doing better than I could have hoped for. You know, Dave Letterman, when I heard that he liked it, uh, you know, so he's, he was my old boss. That was probably the most important thing because, even as I wrote it, I always think when I write anything, I always think, what would Dave think of this? Because his standards were so high, you know, and I think uh, that pushed me to do the best work I, I was capable of. And uh, when I heard 
uh, if you're starting to know what to show, how much Dave liked the book, you know, I sort of felt like, well, anything beyond this is almost superfluous, you know, that that was the most important thing to me. How did his uh, announcement about his retiring, how did that affect you? Kind of shook me up. You know, I, you know, like everyone else, I thought, well, you know, I assume he's going to be probably leaving in the next few years or something. But I, maybe part of me thought, too, that eh, he could keep going for a pretty long time if he wanted to. So when he did, it was... Uh, yeah, it was kind of shocking and depressing because even though I don't write for the show anymore, you know, having been there for the five years that I was there in the 80s, I've always felt still connected to it. And it was uh, comforting even just walking by the Ed Sullivan Theater and just knowing that, yep, Dave's still in business. And I, I just, uh, um, so as anyway, it was kind of just a, an emotional shock. It's going to be, I mean, when he finally leaves, it's going to be going to be kind of depressing for me. So do you have plans on doing any fiction writing? I think the next thing I do, uh, that I, you know, a book I'd want to write, I think it would be a collection of fiction stories, unless I'm convinced that, uh, no, 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 you've got to do another one of these. But I kind of feel like this is all, you know, I, I've talked about myself and my family and things like that. I've talked enough about that. I would kind of like to do something else, but we'll see. Yeah, I was curious if your brothers or your wife or your even your daughter, if the, any of them gave you any grief for this. Well, I was worried about that uh, for a little time. The whole time I was writing it, um, it turned out my my parents were very supportive, uh, you know, which I was happy. And I think, and my uh, my mom gave me the best compliment after she read it because she just says it it sounds just like you. And I thought, well, great. That's you know, you know, that's that's the best thing I could I could sort of hope for that you know. It, it was my voice, and it was honest. And uh, but yeah, there was uh, you know I, I talked about. I, people say, "Wow, what do your family think? What does your family, your brothers think about you know some of those stories?" And and uh, and the reaction is always, "Well, <laughs> this is the sugar-coated version. The really bad stuff I couldn't have even written about." You know, like growing up, you know, I grew up in a house with five brothers with six crazy boys. It was it, it was uh, no sisters. So for me, I was probably the most, I was probably the, the sensitive one. It was not conducive to uh, to good mental health <laughs> being in that house. So you know, everyone is. Some brothers are stealing from you. Others are recording your phone calls. Other, you could never relax. That's the main thing. Remember, you could just never relax. That part where you're talking about hearing your own voice being played back in one of your brother's rooms—that was just like nightmare fuel for me. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, the stuff is you know. I think I'm jittery to this day because of that. That's just one of many things. But it was always you were just you could never relax. I think right. Sometimes I still feel like my stomach is still tight from all that, and it's never totally just you know. I've never been able to just, I don't know, calm down and uh, and relax and, and keep my guard down. There's always a little bit of me that uh, keeps my guard up because of those years. You know, you always had to look over your shoulder. It was very much like being in prison, I suppose. <laughs> waiting for the shank. Exactly. Always waiting for the shank. Now, as a published author, I'm sure you finally have realized that this is where the money really is. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Well, this is where the most, what I found, the purest creative freedom is, without a doubt. As someone who considers himself a writer first and foremost, but it's not, you know, TV and movie money, you know, so yeah, I had to. It was a bit of a sacrifice to do to do the book, and it took me a little longer because I had to, had to stop at one point. I worked, I had to work on some other project, but uh, but that's what it is. Look, anytime that you're really getting this kind of creative freedom, uh, unless you're someone, you know, like on a Tina Fey level or, you know, someone like that who's really going to sell a lot of books, and but if uh, for most people, you know, it's always it's going to be a bit of a sacrifice uh, if you're doing something else. If you have another job that, um, 
you'd normally rely on for income. But that didn't, you know, I had to do it. That's why I think I put it off for a lot of years, too, thinking, eh, I don't know how long it's going to take me, and, you know, uh, it doesn't pay a lot of money. But I had to do it. It was just so important for me, and it is, um, I'm glad finally there's something out there that has my name on it that, for better or worse, whether people like it or not, is something that I can say, yep, this is mine, pure, completely. It's not like uh, some other things of mine, either, you know, especially in features that, uh, I feel don't really represent what I, I wrote and script for him. Yeah, that's going to be really good because I know we've talked in the past, or at least I've read what you've said in the past is, you know, things like, uh, was that lucky numbers and just that that changed completely on you and just some of the other things that you've had to kind of see change as you've moved along with the projects. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not unique in that, uh, in that regard. Plenty of writers go through that, but from, I guess for me it was more <clears throat> I found so much more shame in it. You know, I just I um I just felt my name as a writer, like what did I have to show for my writing? And, you know, there was I did some things that came out pretty good, that was fine, but then there were some things that came out really bad and it and it uh and it really bothered me and uh I mean that Cabin Boy is a whole sort of different story, uh too long a story to go into, but I directed that the first and last time I'll direct, but that wasn't I was never supposed to direct that movie. That was written for Tim written for Tim Burton and he pulled out at the last minute and uh suggested that I do it and I did not want to do it because I thought, Well look, I don't this if I was gonna direct a movie if, as a first time director, it would not be Cabin Boy, you know, it'd probably be some little indie thing or, you know, whatever, be a very inexpensive movie. But, you know, then suddenly everyone's telling you your agents, oh, how can you pass up this opportunity? You'd be nuts. And, um, you know, I said this before, it taught me never do anything just for the opportunity. But as far as some other things that, you know, that my name's on, I feel like, wait, you know, there's more to that story. I wish people would read the script, but how the hell are they going to do that? So I wrote the book. That feeling of autonomy must be really nice after having to work with this whole kind of committee mindset right. over the last however many decades. No, you're completely it was it was a revelation. I mean, it was just and it's sort of the feeling I had been looking for for years. It's not like I never figured out, oh, write a book. It just never felt like something that was really on the table. And I didn't know the book business. I had no idea how hard it was. And, you know, uh, you just get caught up doing other things. But it took a long time for me to realize, well, if you really want to get read, if you really want to write something that's just you uh, and have no other involvement and no one, and, you know, not having to have to be transformed into a completely different thing, this is this is the way to go. And then it turned out to be so gratifying. Yeah, there was very little committee. You know, even you know, my editor, even that was sort of like it was a very you know light touch of suggestions and things like that. That's great. Well, hey, thank you so much for talking to me tonight. I really appreciate it. And hopefully, you can edit out some of the rambling. 